0: Happy Mailbag Friday on the podcast. We have a lot of questions to get to on this Mailbag mailbag Friday. Several talking about Ian Anderson, what he needs to do to have a turnaround season. Also, we'll talk about some lineup rankings, where the Braves stack up to the rest of the National League, roster construction, a whole lot to get to, the shortstop position, some other options that could be available if needed, a ton to get to on this episode of Locked on Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Locked On Braves, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani, and you can follow me on Twitter at ShortstopBall. Also, make sure you check out my website, shortstopball.com, where you can see my previous work and some of my written work as well. Make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at lockdown underscore Brave. Send in any questions, comments, or feedback that you have. This entire episode is going to be based on the questions you submitted on twitter and we got a lot of great ones to get to if you're new make sure you subscribe on youtube and if you're watching on youtube do do me a huge favor hit that thumbs up button on this video as always thanks for making lockdown braves your first listen of the day we're continuing to post episodes three days a week right now until we get to spring training we'll go back to five days a week as i mentioned it's going to be a mailback episode I had a ton of questions submitted so yesterday we answered a couple of Max Free's questions and really went deep dive into possible extension for Max Freed if you want to go back and give this that a listen. But on tonight's episode, we're going to try to answer all the questions that were submitted on Twitter. Had a lot turned in, a lot of really good ones. So I'm going to go ahead and apologize to those in the chat. I may not be able to get to chat questions tonight, but I want to pay respect to all those who submitted questions on Twitter and those who may not be able to join live every night. Let's start with this question from Cap, who says, how many at-bats do you project Travis Darnot getting this season? And I had to do some thinking about this one. He got, you know, over 400 at-bats last year. I think he gets 300, maybe 350 this year. If he stays healthy and if Sean Murphy stays healthy, look for me, I really think if you got Sean Murphy, you know, you paid a good price to go and get him. You locked him up. I think he needs to be catching 110, 120 games uh, a season just because of the value that he brings behind the plate. And it's not that Travis is not great back there as well, but that's why you went and got this guy. And I just think he needs to be behind the plate 110, 120 times a season, talking about Murphy and then DHing uh, maybe 10 or so games as well. So I really think we could see Travis Darno really get a reduction in his at-bats and be more around 300. 350, um, but I just feel like it's going to be, and I don't want to see Travis Darno in the the DH spot a ton, um, and I don't think Brian Snicker wants to either. Now, if nobody else really steps up in that spot, then perhaps you do see him get 15 to 20 starts in that DH spot, and maybe you see him get closer to 400 at-bats, but I just get the feeling it's going to be more around 300 to 350 at-bats for Travis Darno this year. Jordan Griffey says, where do you believe our lineup ranks amongst the other top teams in the league? What prospects or current currently unestablished players will make the most impact on the team this year? Not really anybody left that's unestablished, which I think is a good thing for the Braves at this point. Pretty much everybody at the major league level has become an established player. So I don't know if that's going to have necessarily a breakout season. I'll mention one prospect and that's Dylan Dodd, Uh, I think he could have the opportunity to have a good season and come up if needed. But he's also eighth or ninth on the starting pitching depth chart right now. But he is a prospect that I'm excited about that if needed, I think could come up and have a big impact. But look, we didn't know going into last year that Michael Harris and Vaughn Grissom were going to have such an impact, and they did. So certainly could have some surprises, but I don't foresee those coming right now. And I do think the Braves will be a top five offense again with the lineup that they have, and I think they'll be better—one of the better power-hitting offenses again. You know, probably at least easily top five in home runs. So I think the Braves are going to be great offensively again. Say hey to, to William, both Williams in the chat, uh, Ballard and uh, Chris Fields in the chat. Thanks for joining. Ferguson says, "What do you think would be the best pitch for Ian Anderson to develop to complement his fastball, changeup, curveball to return to being effective?" I've been saying all along he needs a slider. He needs something with more horizontal move, movement running away from right-handed pitchers. He has that changeup that has you know, good drop and good fade going into righties. That curveball has some good down-and-away movement from right-handed pitchers, but I would love to see him work on a slider, something with a little bit more sharp break and a little bit more horizontal movement running away from right-handed pitchers. If there was one pitch I had to pick for Ian Anderson to work on. E Goldie says bullpens are vitally important these days with a reduced inning starters pitch starters pitch. How would you rank the bullpens in the NL East? I still put the Braves on top. I still think they're one of the better bullpens, not just in the NL East, but all of baseball. When you look at a and the work he did, AJ mentor was one of the best relievers in all of baseball last year. Colin McHugh was great. They bring in Joe Jimenez. Uh, I mean, just think Dylan Lee and the work that he did last year Kirby Yates can bounce back. I like some of the my, the depth that they've added there as well. Dennis Santana, uh, Nick Anderson, guys who are looking to bounce back, looking to, to break out as well. I just like the arms they've gathered in the bullpen. I think it's going to be one of the best in baseball. But Mets have done a good job there as well, obviously bringing back Edwin Diaz, who was the best pitcher, relief pitcher in all of baseball last year. And, you know, they brought Ottavino back, some of the guys that they have. Phillies have done a good job there. I think they have a strong bullpen. They got Soto from the Tigers. You know, Dominguez is there. Still Alvarado. They got Craig Kimbrell, which we'll see what that looks like. I, so I think all the three of those bullpens are solid, but I still would rank the Braves the best. I had to rank them. I'd probably go Braves. I'd probably go Mets second just because Edwin Diaz, you know it's over. You get into the – even the eighth inning, we saw Buck Show Walter do a lot last year. You know the game is over, and then I'd probably put the Phillies third. But I think the Mets and Phillies are really close – I think the Braves are still a good bit ahead of both of them. E. Goldie also asks, who are five players who you are looking forward to watching during spring training? I'll do a spring training preview where I'll give a deeper dive into this, but just to quickly give you the five players I'm most excited to see in spring training, Mike Soroka is one for me. I think that's pretty obvious. I, I want to see him back. I want to see him healthy and I want to see the Mike Soroka that we all know and love. And, More than anything, I just want to see the guy out there, and I want to see him being able to do what he loves. Uh, Von Grissom would be second. Uh, And then Ian Anderson, you know, want to see what he's working on, what he's been doing in the offseason. Has he worked on a slider? Is he working on another pitch? Uh, I want to see what Ian Anderson has in spring training. Sean Murphy, just because new to the team and see what he looks like, getting to know the pitchers better, just getting my eyes on him in a Braves uniform. And then Eddie Rosario, you know, a lost season for him last year. We want to see him bounce back, have a good season. I think it's really big for the Braves that he does. and Not even a big season, but just to be an average player in left field or in the DH spot, wherever he winds up. So I'm really curious to see what Eddie Rosario looks like now that he's you know, further removed from that eye surgery, had an offseason to kind of heal and adjust to it and see what he does in spring training. I right, got a lot of other great questions that I want to get to. However, before we do that, I want to tell you about BetOnline. As you know, BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from NFL, uh, basketball, NBA, NHL, soccer. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info and bet responsibly. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Jumping back in to your Twitter questions, Chris Chaffee says, who is your current favorite Braves infielder, outfielder, and pitcher? So on the current roster, a little tough to pick in the outfield. I'm still going to go with Acuna because when he is on, he is just so special and exciting to see, but hard to go against Michael Harris, but I'm still going to go with Acuna if he's at full strength uh, on the infield. We're talking defensively. I'd still go with Ozzie Albies. I love what he does at second base. Um, you know, if we're talking defense and offense, I'm probably going to go with Matt Olson. Actually, that may surprise some of you, but I, I just really think Matt Olson is going to have a big year and, He got better defensively in the second half, and I think he's just going to take that into a big 2023 season. On the mound, my favorite pitcher is, I'm going to go with Max Freed. It's hard to go against Spencer Strider and just how electric he is, but I just, I love watching Max Freed pitch and, you know, how he, you know, manipulates the hitters and gets them off balance and gets that weak contact. I mean, it just truly is amazing to watch him pitch. You know, Strider's great. You know, he's going to come up there. He's going to blow fastballs by you and when you're sitting fastball he's going to spin that slider and it's fun to watch but freed just from a you know a baseball purist standpoint to watch him you know keep hitters off balance for six seven innings is really fun so that's tough because the Braves have a lot i would love to know your thoughts in the comments section who's your current favorite infielder outfielder and pitcher on the braves great question by chris Annabelle Self says, do you think the Braves have enough depth on the current roster to keep the team afloat if there are injuries? Look, it always depends on where the injuries are. And you heard Alex Anthopoulos kind of talk about this in that interview with David O'Brien on 755 Is Real podcast. Braves lost Ozzy Albies last year, and certainly they would rather have him, have his defense, have his, his power that he brings. But what Arcia?" And Grissom were able to do filling in for him, the Braves were able to cover that. Now, if you lost an Austin Riley at third base, if you lost a Matt Olson, if you lost a Ronald Acuna Jr., and I know the Braves won a World Series, you know, after losing Ronald Acuna Jr., but it took you know three outfielders, it took a lot of good luck, just being honest, for that to happen. But you lose one of those players that's going to be difficult to replace. So it depends on where you lose them. You lose a a Max Fried, you lose a Spencer Strider. You can't replace those guys. And I'm not saying Ozzie Albies is not on that level, but he's not. And and I do love Ozzy Albies, but losing him is different than losing one of those other players I just mentioned. So it depends on where you lose that player and who you lose to injury. But depth is critically important, and it's probably the thing that, worries me the most going into a season just because you look at the lineup on paper and everybody's healthy you feel great or at least I do so maybe some of you agree disagree in the comment section i hear you know see some people saying we need help we need more i love this lineup and i think this lineup can win a division i think it can win a world series if healthy but you do worry about the depth and what happens behind there i think particularly on the infield yeah you have you know arcia grissom you know depending on whoever gets the the spot but after that Hoy Park, you know, Braden shoemaker uh, I don't know. It's really worrisome, the infield depth there. Outfield depth, actually a little okay with. I mean, a lot of the guys that you have are more platoon players with, with Sam Hilliard and, and Jordan uh, Luplo. You know, guys like that, I worry beyond them because there's nobody really at the the minor league level. Maybe Jesse Franklin, which we have a question about him later on. But I do worry more so about the minor league depth. and. I'm not really even that worried about the starting pitching depth, and that's always what you need to worry about going into a season. But I would love to see the Braves make a couple of more minor league moves for some veterans. You know, and you usually see those later in the offseason and even into spring training to build up some of that minor league debt with some veterans in case you need them. But that's always going to be a huge concern for just about every team going into a season. If you don't have those prospects, who are ready to come up. You look at what the Braves were able to do last year. They were able to call up Michael Harris. They were able to call up Vaughn Grissom. They have several pitchers who you know could come up and make starts if they need to, but the Braves don't have that this year. They don't have those minor league position players especially who are able to, to come up and fill in if needed. So that is a little bit worrisome. Double uh, A, Alex says, you are given the option of having a starting pitching rotation of any Braves pitchers all time. Who is in your rotation? Um, I think I misread this question and what Double A was asking. I was looking at the starting pitcher of all time. Who would I take? In the regular season, I'd take Greg Maddox. In the postseason, I'd take John Smoltz. But if you're talking about building a starting rotation from all of the Braves pitchers, Greg Maddox, John Smoltz, Tom Glavin, Probably put Max Freed in that rotation. Um, I'm having trouble coming up with a fifth. Let me know in the the chat section or in the comments below. I mean, there's several that I can think of as a fifth, but I'm not sure which one's the right one. Tim Hudson was a guy that came to mind, but I got to think there's somebody better at this point that I could put there. And it all depends on years, right? You know, what year are you taking of this player? I mean, Julio Tehran had some great individual seasons, for the Braves, Spencer Strider had a great rookie season for the Braves that I probably would take and put in there. So, you know, I'd probably have to go back and look at individual seasons and take, you know, a, a 1996 Greg Maddox, you know, a, a 2022 Spencer Strider, uh, you know, something like that. But those are probably some those are some of the names that pop, you know, in my head, you know, going really back to the 90s, which is when my my Braves fandom really started. You're going back you know, you're talking about Phil Necro, you know, guys like that. You could probably throw those guys in as well, but let me know your thought. See William jump in the chat section talking about Warren Spahn, um, Phil, uh, Maddox, Smoltz, Glavin, uh, who who he'd have in his rotation. Baseball fan, thoughts on Alberto Mondesi wearing a Braves uniform. Let him in for a year and let Grissom prepare for everyday shortstop role. I wouldn't hate it depending on the price. Obviously, Mondesi just has not been able to stay healthy, but I think would be a very good productive player. If he can, if he can, you know, be if he can stay healthy, would love the idea as kind of bringing him in as insurance. Um, but I've always loved a player. I mean, switch hitter with with power, with speed. I mean, he was good defensively when he was healthy a couple of years ago. Uh, so I would, I would love that. Obviously, the Royals are set with uh, Bobby Witt Jr. as their shortstop for a while. So I would not hate the Braves making a move like that. Even if they're not bringing him in to be the starter, but bringing him in to kind of push, and he's the guy that can play all over the infield as well. So I like that idea again, depending on his health and depending on what the price would be. Drew Ford, what's your ideal lineup on opening day? Slide Harris to the two hole and have Ozzy hitting lower in the lineup. I kind of don't want to put that much pressure on Michael Harris uh, coming back in his sophomore season, but that is probably what I would do. I would go Acuna. Harris, Riley, Olson, Albies, Murphy, Rosario, Ozuna, Grissom. You can obviously platoon with Rosario, Ozuna, whoever's on the mound that day. Um, you know, you can platoon in Luplo and those guys. But that's probably what my ideal lineup would be. I do like having Albies hit down in the five, six hole in the lineup. I do not like him at the top of the order, especially against right-handed pitchers. So that's probably what my lineup would be. Georgia sports content. What are your expectations of the fifth starter on the Braves? I think it's, I think if Mike Soroka pitches like Mike Soroka, it's his job to lose. I do worry about what they're going to do with him innings wise. I do like the idea of Soroka and Anderson both come into spring training and pitch well and assuming the other four are healthy and look good, going with a six-man rotation for a little while until, you know, something inevitably happens. Somebody gets, gets hurt or perhaps there's a regression. Or, you know, perhaps somebody, you know, Ian Anderson looks good for a while, but then maybe steps back. Uh, But I think it's Mike Soroka's job to lose. If Soroka and Anderson, you know, both don't look ready, you know, Anderson hasn't made the proper adjustments. Soroka just looks like he's still working his way back. Then I think it would be Bryce Elder. I think there's a lot of solid options, you know, speaking of, you know, expectations for the fifth starter spot. I think the Braves are in a, a really good position. VA Braves, what's your opinion on Ian Anderson if he doesn't show anything this spring? Is he a change of scenery candidate? Problem with that is you'd be selling really, really low on Ian Anderson. Even if you moved him right now, you'd be selling somewhat low. But you also wouldn't sell high because if he's looking good, then you want him on your team for a team that's trying to, to win. Um, you know, Perhaps everything's going well and, and Freed's healthy looks good. Strider, Wright, Morton and Soroka, they all look good and you get to the deadline and and Anderson's throwing the ball well at, at AAA or he's been up and, and looked good at times in the big league level, then maybe you're selling high on him and you go out and grab an outfielder to really boost your lineup. I think that could be a good scenario for Ian Anderson. But I think ideally you just want him to pitch well and you want him you know, to be there for that depth for the Braves. Um, but I could see after the season you know, if things don't work out uh, him being you know change of scenery candidate for sure. It's a big year for him. Big year for Mike Soroka. Both those guys competing for that fifth spot. Gus also asks, where do you rank our bullpen across MLB? Is the deepest or is it truly the best? Kind of talked about this earlier. I think it's I think it's easily a top ten bullpen, and I think it could has the potential to be top five. And I th- certainly think it's the best in the NL East right now, which probably puts it at a top five, top six uh, bullpen. Luke Broom. with the rule changes coming this season, bigger bases, capped pickoff attempts, and no shift, who do you think will benefit the most and who could suffer the most? Um, I don't know that any hitters really suffer, and maybe you were speaking specifically to pitchers, and I've talked about this a little bit. Ground ball pitchers, I think, will suffer the most from this just because more of those balls hit to the right side are going to get through. And I've mentioned Kyle Wright's name a good bit with this because not only does he give up a lot of ground balls, but he gives up a lot of hard hit ground balls. And I think those type of pitchers are going to suffer the most. And I'm not, last time I talked about Kyle Wright and him possibly regressing, I got uh, killed in the chat section. I'm not saying Kyle Wright's going to be terrible this year, but he was amazing last year. So for him to take a little bit of a step back, you know, especially because of the shift, I think he could suffer the most pitching-wise for the Braves. Um, who benefits the most? I think it's clearly Matt Olson. And I'm working on an article right now that I'm going to post on my website about how many more hits Matt Olson could see in 2023. But I think he certainly benefits the most. Eddie Rosario could get a huge benefit as well. I think anybody who is more of a pull hitter and hits the ball hard is going to benefit a lot from the shift going away. You know, the bigger bases, that's going to help your speed guys. Michael Harris, Acuna, you know, Albies, all that's going to help those guys as well. Andrew Albrecht says, how far has Braden Shoemaker fallen in the eyes of Brace manager? Is is this guy even considered a remote possibility for a spot on the 26-man roster? The fact you've heard Alex Anthobos talk all offseason about the competition at shortstop, and he has yet to mention Braden Shoemaker's name. I think that should tell you how far he's fallen in the eyes of Braves' management. Now, he did get protected on the 40-man roster, and I think it's for the, one of the reasons I said earlier. They just don't have a lot of depth up the middle in the minor league system, and I've talked about Shumake, and the, I think he has the opportunity, the ability, to come into spring training and prove that you know he could be a solid bench player because of his defense, which is said to be really solid if he can give you anything with the bat, I think he can still be a utility bench player, which is what I always thought Braden Shoemake would be. I never viewed him as an everyday guy. So I still think there's a role for him there. But to answer your question, I think he's fall, fallen pretty considerably in the eyes of praise management. All right, got several other questions I want to get to here and we'll talk about those next. All right. Tyler Irwin says, with shortstop looking rough for the upcoming season, the Braves should make a trade. I've got some ideas for players with high upside that could be traded for with little value. Mentions O'Neill Cruz, Nick Ahmed, Isaiah Kiner Falefa. Um, I don't know that shortstop is looking rough for the Braves this upcoming season. I mean, I don't worry necessarily about Von Grissom. Are you going to get a six war season like they just had with Dansby Swanson? No, but I think you can get a two to three war season with Vaughn Grissom. I think RC is capable of giving you a, a two war season. And with what you have at all the other positions, again, assuming health, you can live with that. Um, so I don't think the Braves are looking rough this upcoming season at shortstop. Now, the names you mentioned, I don't, IKF to me isn't a huge upgrade over what Grissom or Arcia would give you. You know, Nick Ahmed would be solid. Um, but could cost a little bit. I don't know what the Diamondbacks are doing. They're a good young team, uh, but probably still pretty far behind the the Padres, Giants, and, and Dodgers. Uh, O'Neill Cruz. I don't know why the Pirates would give up him. I think he's part of their future. And I've had a couple of other people ask about the Braves trading for Cruz. I just don't see why the Pirates would be motivated to move him, and definitely not at a a cheap price. I know he hasn't exactly broken out at the major league level, but he has that kind of talent and ability. I don't think the Pirates are going to give up on that and certainly aren't going to sell low on it. Brandon Webster, who is a prospect that you fell completely in love with who never amounted to anything. Mine was Kevin Maytan. I thought he was going to be a star. Um, there was a player a long time ago, and I can only remember his first name, Barbaro something that started with a C and this guy mashed at AAA, And I kept thinking, why is he not getting a shot at the big league level? and he never really did. Uh, That was the first name that came to mind for me. The second was, and I don't think this counts because he went on to make good money and had a solid major league career, but I think Jason Hayward for a lot of Braves fans is a prospect that we all thought was headed to the Hall of Fame. If you were at Turner Field like I was for his first big league game when he hit that home run, I was already voting him into the Hall of Fame. And You know, he went on to have a solid career, like I said, made good money. But he's a prospect that I think a lot of people thought was going to be an MVP consideration. You know, several all-star appearances and just didn't work out. I saw somebody responded to this question on Twitter and I apologize. I didn't catch the name that said Jordan Schaefer. And that's a great one as well. You know, a lot of people thought he was going to be a big star and never amounted to anything. I heard the name Lucas Sims for years that was going to be. A big thing for the Braves. And, you know, I know he's doing well as a reliever for the Reds now, though he was hurt all of last year. But, um, you know, those were a couple that came to mind for me. Let me know in the comments who some of those players are for you. Um, Ryan Hall says, I thought Malik Smith was going to be the next Otis Nixon. I do, I did love Malik Smith. Justin John says, Wilson, Betamit. Those are some good names as well. Gus says, how are you on, how high are you on Jesse Franklin shot to be a good big league outfielder or most likely a utility guy? I haven't been on as big on Jesse Franklin as others. I think he's a left-handed platoon guy. Um, maybe even DH. I think he may have to move to DH, missed all of last year. So gonna be a big season for him in 2023. I do think he has the ability to be a solid fourth outfielder, left-handed platoon, which is you know, going to get the majority of it bat. So I think he could have value at the big league level, ton of power, maybe the most power, certainly at the upper levels for the Braves system right now. Um, but I've, I haven't been on high. I don't see him being an everyday player. Uh, I'll just say it that way. Jason Davies, why not go with Anderton Simmons? I get as bad as non-existent at this point, but that glove just doesn't disappear. He's only 33 and will be cheap. Plus coming back to Atlanta might help him get a second win. Seems like a cheap option the fans would love an insurance at shortstop. I'm not going to hate it just because Anderton Simmons may be my favorite Braves player of all time, Um, just because I love the shortstop position and I love defense, and he is the best that I've ever seen since Ozzy Smith, who was my favorite player growing up. So I wouldn't mind it as depth uh, and insurance, but I think they're banking on that being Arcia, and I don't know if there's another spot for somebody like that on the bench who, as you mentioned, is not going to give you much offensively and is strictly there to be, you know, a backup defensive replacement on the infield. Uh, Gus also asked, asked, even though the Braves uh, farm system isn't ranked so high in the depths of other farms, I still think the Braves has a lot of really good talent. I'm in love with Murphy, Phillips, Meyer, Keller, Tavares, Benitez, Glad, Richie, Shaver. It'll be a while, but some will be great. And your last point is the point there. The Braves system is not ranked high, but there are intriguing talents, but they're all at the lower levels. We don't know yet. I think those guys could be great, and I'm right there with you. I love all those names you mentioned, but they're all very young. None of them are proven on the professional level, and some of them will break out, and we'll see them rise up. Uh, A.J. smith Shawers probably number one on my list when I do my rankings, but all those guys are improving. We don't know, and that's what makes them so exciting, but it's why the Braves Farm System also isn't ranked so high because we don't know. We haven't seen them yet. Kate Harrington heard some rumors surrounding Luis Arise. Twins are reportedly looking for some pitching. He's got some experience in left field and would love that contact bat in the lineup. Thoughts? It's not the type of hitter the Braves go after, and as much as I would love for them to go after that type of bat to at least balance out the lineup some, I just don't see it as a fit for the Braves, and I don't see them having giving up the prospects it would take for Luis Arise, who's a really good player. For the twins i know the braves do have some pitching and if that's an area that the twins need there certainly is a the ability there to make something happen but i just don't think he's the type of hitter the braves go after that the front office is targeting justin reeves aren't the odds of freed uh, we answered that yesterday uh wit price do you think that o'neil cruz is a possibility and so what would a trade package package look like i think something like grissom and anderson or maybe something else um i talked about cruz earlier i, I don't see the pirates wanting to move him or why they would want to move him. Um, Grissom and Anderson sounds like it could be a fine package, but I, I just don't see, I don't see the pirates wanting to trade him or why they would want to trade him at this point. All right, I wanted to get to some of the arbitration numbers from, from Friday as the Braves uh, agreed to a deal with everybody except Max freed, kind of like what I hinted at on yesterday's podcast made the most sense that I thought maybe Freed and maybe even AJ Minter uh, would go to an arbitration hearing. Those being two of the higher profile names that the Braves had, but they did come into agreement with AJ Minter at 4.2875 million, which I believe was a pretty good bit under what MLB trade rumors projected. Joe Jimenez got 2.765 million. Lucas Littke got 1.55. Dennis Santana got one million max free they didn't come to an agreement with was projected to get 12 point two million um so they will go to an arbitration hearing unless fingers crossed they get an extension workout so that was some of the news from Friday just gonna quickly go through the chat section here see if we have uh any questions from the chat William Fuljum says Anderson needs to pitch with Pittsburgh and Reynolds need to play left Anderson and three other young arms uh there's a report today that the Pirates are likely going to go into the deadline with Brian Reynolds, which I think is the smart move. Uh, you're going to have teams more desperate at the deadline to make a big move. Yeah, you do have you know more teams right now probably bidding on him, but I think they could get the same package, if not better package at the deadline for Brian Reynolds. You know, Somebody gets injured, a contender has a, an outfielder go down, they get a little bit more desperate, perhaps the price goes up. So I actually think that's a smart move. For the Pirates, and I think they'll wait till the deadline to move him. Uh, David says I think Darno will get a lot more starts at DH than you predicted in a few videos ago. Him and Murphy will stay switching the starts at catcher and DH. Maybe I, I mean I predicted that Darno I think would get ten to fifteen starts at DH. Probably you know maybe fifty starts at catcher. Uh, I think there's I think you have to get him in the lineup more than that. You know, if he's hitting just to get his bat in there, a lot of that depends on what Ozuna looks like, what Rosario looks like, and how others are doing in that left field DH spot. But, you know, with the injury history that Travis Darno has, I think it's just smart to kind of give him full days off when he's not catching. And I think it's smart to put Sean Murphy behind the plate as much as possible, just because that's where his real value is. Um, But I do think Brian Snicker probably finds a way to get. Travis Darno more at bats just because I think you need his bat in the lineup, but a lot of that will play itself out over the season. Robert says, Is there any scenario in which you could see the Braves just DFA Azuna? Absolutely. And I think Alex Anthopoulos has even hinted at this a little bit in the interview that he had with Jeff Schultz, where Jeff Schultz asked, You know, will Marcel Azuna be? part of the team going into spring training. And Alex said, you know, yes. And then he said, what about the end of spring training? And he said, check back with me at the end of spring training. So I think if he comes into spring training, he looks out of shape. He looks like he has, honestly, the past couple of years. I still think the Braves could DFA him before the season even starts. I don't think that's going to happen. I think more likely they go into the year with Ozuna. They give him 50 to 60 games in the DH spot. If he doesn't start to turn things around, then I think they cut him, you know, midseason and just let him go. Um, but, yeah, I think there's definitely a situation where the Braves DFA Ozuna. Joe Wild says, go Braves. Uh, absolutely. Some have a- a- answered the question about the Braves' all-time rotation. Uh, Lock 57 says, Phil Necro needs to be in the rotation with Smoltz, Maddox, Glavin, and then Avery or Freed. Uh, HICHCOC says, Smoltz, Glavin. Maddox Avery and Tim Hudson Matt Karcher says, Our depth is brutal. Everyone we've signed as backups are 180 hitters. I do, Uh, that's my biggest concern. Look, if nobody got injured, I'd feel great about this team and have no concerns. But I do worry about the depth a little bit. But I think probably most teams do at this point. Uh, Joe Wild says, Jake, go tell the organization to go get Bauer. We need more pitching, and Bauer is a hero. Um, No, absolutely not. Doc's cards, I'd like to see Bauer. If some of the rotation hopefuls aren't living up, but I think he's going back in Arizona. I don't think Bauer's coming to the Braves at all. At all. Ryan Hall uh, had said Malik Smith and uh, Doc's cards. Also said Christian Betancourt. Now, Betancourt's had a pretty solid career. I mean, he's still going. He's trying as a pitcher, as a catcher. He's, he's doing it all, but yeah, I do remember Christian Betancourt being the next big thing, the, the future catcher for the Atlanta Braves, that never panned out. But the guy's still going. You got to give him credit. Ryan Hall, What what's Dylan Lee's role in the pen going to be? I think he's going to be a lefty situational guy in the sixth and seventh inning. I mean, I think you'll see him come in on Dave's late in games as well. If Minter's pitched a couple of days in a row or he's pitched three or four, I think you could see Dylan Lee come in in that eighth inning role as a lefty depending on Situations, but he's going to pitch in high leverage roles in the the sixth, seventh inning mostly. But then you could also see him in the eighth inning as well on days when when Minter is down. All right, that will do it for this episode of Locked On Braves. Thanks for hanging in there with me. Thank you so much for all the questions that were submitted. I love all the feedback and love going through those questions. Hope you enjoy it. As well, as always, thanks for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of the day. Now go make your second listen to Lockdown MLB Podcast where MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and a unique perspective, talking about all the biggest stories from around the league. Again, thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves. You can follow me at Shortstop Ball as well, and we will talk to you next time.